It's 10 a.m., which means it's time for Utah Car Sense with Jeff Miller and Austin Horton. Presented by Mark Miller Subaru on 97.5 and 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. Yeah, good morning. April 18, 2020. All right, Jeff, turning you on. Mark Miller Subaru's Utah Car Sense right here on The Zone Sports Network. I'm Austin Horton. Eric Jensen producing for us today and Jeff Miller safely quarantined and socially distanced at his home via the uh, the internet. Thank you, Al Gore, wherever you are. Hi, Jeff. How are you? <laughs> What's up, Austin? How you doing, man? <laughs> Good. How's your week been? Uh, it's crazy down there where you guys are. Yeah, it's a whole different world. We're learning, learning how to get, get through this thing. See if we can turn Jeff up just a little bit there, uh, Eric, uh, and we'll the see. New, the new there normal. There we go. Yeah, the new normal, and there's a lot of things that I'm actually finding I don't hate about the new normal, uh, and or maybe I'm just uh, getting used to it. I don't know. But I'm. Is it because you don't like people, Austin? It's because I don't like traffic. Yeah, that's number one. I have not seen a single car accident uh, on the on the roads the, for the last month. I haven't what been stuck in any it, traffic. There's our body shop. Well, that so yeah is is the collision center just. Waiting for a car accident at this point, not not a terrible oh, one, but give us a fender our bender. Our center is extremely slow. Yeah. As our collision center manager put it, apparently all you non-essentials out in the world are the people causing all the car crashes. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> We've solved it. It's it's the non-essentials that that were the problem. Uh, we're excited to be back live with you here on the on the Zone Sports Network. We got a lot to talk about in the in the industry of cars and otherwise, but we we have a poll question each and every week. And we encourage you to call in with any question, comment, story, uh, whatever you've got for us. Call in, throw it Jeff's way, see if we can't help you out. 855-340-ZONE. It's 855-340-ZONE is our phone number. And the poll question this week, if you need something to talk about, we would love to hear the best motivational advice you've ever heard or that you can think of to give us here on the air. 855-340-ZONE. We'd love to hear from you. That being said, Jeff, does something immediately come to your mind when I say, what's the best piece of motivational advice you've ever heard? Just keep going. <laughs> like just That's keep swimming? Just keep, just keep going. You can't stop. Okay. I mean, it doesn't matter how hard it gets. It doesn't matter what happens in the world. You just got to keep moving and keep trying. Now, right? what, if that, what if just keep going uh, means you fall right off the cliff, though? Uh, you know, not not to shoot holes in, in your a sm- in a smart way. Okay, okay, all right. <laughs> <laughs> Don't jump off the cliff. Hey, Jeff said, just keep going here. I'll just keep going. No, I'm just kidding. So I like that. Yeah. Just keep going. You guys have had yep. to do a lot of that lately at Mark Miller Super. You you've kept your doors open. You're still uh, you're still servicing cars, obviously, and you have not laid off a single employee. How are you guys doing yeah. that? Uh, we're doing we're doing okay. I mean, we're sales is probably down 50, 60 uh, Service is down just a little bit. I mean, we're we've really been focusing on the stuff that we can control, right? So we're doing a lot of online retailing. So we're selling cars to people at their houses. We're from a service standpoint, we're doing a lot of pickup drop off. So we're picking cars up. So we put a policy in place about a month ago where we will pick up anybody's car, whether they're our customer or not, within twenty five miles of the store. For any service, even an oil change, wow. and then if they're if they are our customer, we'll pick up up to forty miles, which takes you almost out to Heber. For for free, for free. Wow. Now we're not charging anybody pickup drop off right now. 
Because usually, what it's twenty dollars uh, for twenty miles, forty dollars for forty yeah. miles. Unless you unless you bought a new car from us and you have your maintain the love free maintenance package where we include it, it's twenty miles and twenty dollars inside twenty miles, forty dollars inside forty miles. But right Which now, way? during this type of the world, type of world, it's free. That, it's that's free, amazing. and we're doing it a lot. I mean, as we were talking a little bit before the show about it, but we went from I mean, our biggest month ever in 2019 was about probably three or 400 for both stores, total pickup and drop-offs hmm. in the first half of April, we did almost a thousand. Oh my gosh. Just in so the first doing, half. Yeah. We're doing just about probably 40 a day. So what, so obviously the, the, the first answer to this would be, well, people are, you know, being safe and socially distancing and, and using quarantine uh, to, as, a, as the reason to start utilizing the pickup drop-off Mark Miller direct service. But what else, why, why else do you think there was not this, uh, they weren't using it and now suddenly they are other than, of course, coronavirus? We've been trying to figure it out. I mean, a lot of it is just trust i mean the just the trust of having someone come to your house and take your car from you i mean i think that there's mm. something to people not having that full trust over someone but i've never figured it out because if i was i would love to have someone do that for me like i could sit at work and have someone pick up my car and not have to worry about it i mean i know you did it quite a few times Austin. yeah it doesn't make any sense to me to for me to have to take time out of my day, drive down. And as nice as your service areas are, and you've got cafes and it's a beautiful place. You don't sit there and smell tires the whole time you're there, but I'd rather not sit in the service bed. I'd rather be going about my life. And you're seeing, I mean, there were a few stores that, around that actually were doing this before all this, but now you're seeing just about everybody trying to do it. Just about every store is trying to do some sort of pickup drop-off service. And it's not easy to set up. It's a logistical nightmare. I'll tell you that much. I mean, it takes a lot of organization, a lot of systems in place to make this thing work. But our hope is that the level we're doing now when this pandemic's over or slows down, doesn't stop. We, I mean, I think it's better for our customers. It's easier for our advisors. It, it just makes an easier experience for us to do it this way versus having someone come in and have to sit in our waiting room while we're trying to get the car through the process. It gives us a little bit more time to get the car done which is nice. And if, and if God forbid something we find on your car is wrong, we have more time to get it done. And you're not worried about time to get that major safety thing fixed. Right. And that's, right. That, that's a big deal. Like this isn't something like we were talking a moment ago. This isn't something you just launched uh, during COVID. This and other places are just starting something like this. You were ahead of this. How long ago did you start direct? Over a year, obviously. But how long about ago? Direct, we're at least two years into it, I think. Wow. And like but, you, I mean, yeah, like you said, I've used it. That's all I do. I don't come in and see you guys. I just have you come get my car, and it's that's amazing. A hard, it's a hard thing for our customers, and it's when we come in because every car we do, whether it's Express Lube, whether it's the shop, we do a multi-point inspection on it, and we tell people what we see on the car, what we find wrong, whether it's a caution or, a, or you got to fix it now kind of thing. And a lot of times, what happens with those people is we give them a caution or we give them a red on something, and they just don't have time. They're saying, I've got to be to work in an hour. I can't do it. Yeah. And then they're not getting, sometimes it's a major safety issue, brakes being really thin or things like that, where they're going back on the road in a car that's not necessarily safe because they didn't have time to do it. Where if we had done a pickup drop-off, they'd have a loaner car and we'd be able to get those kind of things done. Yeah, it's. I'm excited that people are using it now, Jeff, because it is such an amazing service and it's, I, I get what you're saying about it's new, 
And anytime something's new, we're a little hesitant to try it or to go ahead with it. And later, we got to talk about actually online buying. You can buy a car pretty much all the way through online. And I know a couple people that have done that. But for the most, I would say, what, 99% of transactions are still in person? Uh, that's just my yeah. outsider guess. So we got to talk about that later in the show, of course. But the direct yeah, service. Yeah, we'll get into the new technologies that are coming out that are getting pushed by this as well to try and make that process even easier as well. But we got our first phone call. You can call the show 855-340-ZONE, 855-340-ZONE. Anything you want to talk about, questions, comments, stories, or you can answer the poll question of the week. What's the best motivational advice you've ever heard or that you can give us today? And our first caller is Clint. Welcome to the show, Clint. Hey, thanks. Thanks for having me. Thanks for calling. Um, so I just, I, just, I just got something that I've kind of lived my life by. Um, and it's, uh, even when winning is illogical, losing is still far from optional. <laughs> even when winning is illogical, losing is far from optional? Is still far from optional. So, so why would winning be illogical? Uh, you get faced in a situation where there, 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 there is no winning to it. I you, see. You, you get, you get put into some something where you really feel that you can't win, but when you believe that losing is, you know, far from optional, you right. so keep I, keep pushing forward. It sounds like you don't subscribe to the idea that second place is last place. You'd rather be second than fifth. Yeah. True. Okay. Very true. <laughs> Thanks for calling in, Clint. I like that. I like that a lot. We'll see that on a bumper sticker someday soon, and then Clint will be like, "Ah, why didn't I trademark that?" Thanks for calling in, buddy. Even when winning is illogical, Jeff, losing is still far from optional. You keep that in mind. There you go. All right, let's talk about online buying. When's have people? Do you have first of all? Do you have the ability for someone to completely go through the whole transaction online? from their house or wherever and not have to come into the store? Yes. Yeah, we have the ability to do that. So if you're on, on our website, you need to go straight to the stores. You can go to express.marketonshubrumidtown.com or marketonshubrumsouthtown.com. If you go to our express site, you literally can go on, pick the car you want, get your payments, pick extended service contracts, clear bra, all those things you can add onto your car and create exactly how you're going to buy your car. You can do an instant cash offer on your trade-in. And we can do it. We can run it all, all the way through to the point where it takes you to filling out a credit app, taking a picture of your insurance card and driver's license, and sending it to us. Wow! How often and do people take it, advantage we'll of that? Send it in, get it approved, get the paperwork ready. The new technology just coming out recently is being able to send out DocuSigns, essentially, for all the documents. So I say that again about the documents. So be able to send out DocuSigns. So. Oh be able to send do all your documents online yeah I, you just went through a, a process of buying a new house i assumed that was something you did a lot of i did when i bought my house mine wasn't online all mine was in person i signed really? all my documents in person oh man see the, the final closing we did title person yeah, at the final the final one we did, but all throughout the whole process, it was all DocuSign stuff, like oh, options yeah, yeah. in the house and that, that kind of thing. Process. Yeah, it was yeah. all DocuSign. Yeah, but there, you're right. At the end, when you go to a title uh, you know, and all that, you, of course, there was a person there. Yeah, but I assume they could do that online, stuff too. In our stores. When we do new pay plans and things like that, we do that everything on that through DocuSign for our employees. We rarely sign an actual signature. It's so cool. So how often do people uh, actually go through the whole process online? Not that often. I yeah. mean, it's still probably four or five percent. 
what do you th- so the number one question I think I would have is if you, if you're the type that wants to you know test drive a car before you pick it that makes sense obviously you want to get in the car and drive it around this seems to lean more towards those that know all they already have been inside that type of car they know everything about it how it feels and drives and they just know that that is the car they want bar none and they can just do this all online what advice would you have for someone who wants to do it all online but also still would like to see how the car drives I mean, we'll still do, we'll do any test drives at people's houses right now too. So I mean, if, if it's something where you still want to experience the vehicle and you still want to go out and drive the car, you can go, come into us and give us a phone call and we'll bring it has one of our product specialists actually drive the car to your house and oh. you can go drive it in the, in your neighborhood and drive it around there. And they, they're doing a very careful job, especially with the same thing. Our pickup drop off, they go out with a full cleaning kit. So they disinfect the car, everything like that before you drive it and, We've had, we've had quite a few people take us up on that offer. But um, it gets down to the point, a lot of people still like the experience. I mean, it's crazy to say that because we compared the going to a dealership experience to that of going to the dentist or the worst things of your life. Yeah, right. But a lot of people actually really enjoy it. Nah. So uh, so if you, have, if you are in need of an oil change or, or anything mundane, there's no need for you to have to go sit in a service bay. You can have this done... Uh, via pickup drop-off with Mark Miller Subaru. Now, along those lines, Jeff, I saw an article uh, that uh, there's some experts. In fact, let me see if I can pull this up here real quick because I wanted to run it by you. Someone was saying that you shouldn't be getting all these uh, small little things done on your car right now. Uh, God, where is it? Uh, Essentially, they're saying don't go get your oil changed right now. Don't go uh, get your uh, the the small stuff done on your car. Leave that for another day so that the uh, uh, service bays can focus on getting people like essential workers' cars back on the back on the road. Would you agree with that kind of idea, or is this a time when you're pretty wide open and you can take anybody? We're pretty wide open. Yeah. I mean, I, we're we're not booking that far out. I mean, I bet if you called our BDC right now, we'd probably get you in by Tuesday or Wednesday. Wow. So, the latest. I mean, we can get big stuff done while we're getting the small stuff done too. But it, cars are vital to our way of life. They're vital to being able to drive yourself to work, to drive yourself to the hospital, to drive yourself to get food. To dri- and it's vital that you keep those cars safe and keep those cars running. And uh, you may call it little stuff, but oil changes and checking your brakes and things like that are important. Yeah. And that's so here's here's what it said. It said uh, some prioritize serious repairs. They said, obviously, some recalls like airbag replacements are severe enough that owners are often told to stop driving their car until repair can be performed. Fixes that prevent fires or major mechanical failures are also extremely important. But then here's what they say. It says others such as mistakes in the owner's manual, obviously, or two bright headlights should still be addressed, but they can probably wait until the coronavirus crisis has lessened. They say people who are at a higher risk of complications from COVID should delay repairs unless absolutely necessary. But I see that I have a problem with that there, Jeff, because you guys are, like you said, you're taking every sanitary and hygienic precaution to make sure these cars probably return to these people cleaner than when you pick them up. Yeah, I mean, without question, we do. And it's, you can keep them just as clean on the road as you can someone coming into the store. I mean, it works both ways. So we're really doing our best to try and protect things. I mean, you're never going to do 100%, but we're doing our best. That's all we can do. 
a message we got last week uh, from uh, Evan. He uh, was listening last week, last week, and he, last week I should say, and he said, "What was the number to get service done to sign up for the pickup drop-off?" And it's not you don't have to call; you can do it online and everything. But you got a, a phone number for people to call, Jeff? Yeah, if they just want to call our our main line, which is eight zero one five five three fifty two ninety nine, and just dial for whatever store you want to go to, and our call center is there, and they'll set you up. They can set you up at either location. Five five three fifty two ninety nine eight zero one five five three fifty two ninety nine. Or if you're uh, the type of person who doesn't want to talk to someone, there's always a way to sign up for it online as well too. Yeah, just go to markbillersuperbrew.com, and if you want the pickup drop-off service, just put it in your notes, and someone will call you and confirm it. Good news for Subaru, Jeff. They, uh, they, they, long time, they've always, they're like the goat when it comes to safety awards and safety checks because Subaru really cares about that stuff. They, that's like their number one aim is to make the safest car and vehicle on the road that you can choose from. Well, they've added another accolade. The entire Subaru lineup earned the best road test scores, except for the the racing models, the the WRX, because that's that's a different breed. That's you're not taking your family out mostly in the WRX. But every other one, the the Forester, the Outback, the Ascent, the Legacy, the Crosstrek, all earned the best road tests across the board. Uh, Consumer Reports, which we talk about all the time, you have to kind of take with a grain of salt from time to time. But this one, they just are reporting. They didn't do the the test. Subaru brand, uh, uh, let's see, put they put car. Oh no, they did do the testing. They put cars through comprehensive road tests based on 50 tests performed at their 327 acre auto test center, so you can know how a car performs in all driving situations. Uh, the 2020 Subaru Ascent three row family hauler got the best score, 93 out of 100 of all Subaru models. Uh, obviously, that makes sense since it's the biggest Subaru ever built and should have a smooth ride. The Outback Wagon came in next with a score of 91. Forester, 90. Legacy Sedan, 89. Crosstrex, 87. Impreza and five-door compact car, 79. So they all came across with the highest scores. You talk to the people at Subaru all the time. Just how important is it to them that their cars are the safest on the road? It's everything to them. I mean, it's one of the things that, it actually it used to hurt us in the past, and then they finally put a little bit more money into the R&D process and what they're doing. But Because essentially the beauty of Subaru is Subarus are the engineers first. So the idea of it is, is when they build a car, they're going to build the car first and what the car is, how it drives the guts of the car first, and then make it look pretty. And for a while it was that the Subarus are bland and everything like that because they put so much effort in the engineering part, the R&D on the design wasn't nearly as high. Uh. Now they're putting enough R&D into both that they're, we're getting both sides of the equation, which is great. But it's always been about the engineering first and the safety first. That's always the priority on these super engineers when they build these cars. I was just reading a, a story in my grandpa's life history uh, about uh, so, uh, there was a, a, a story he shared that he saw online between an engineer and a contractor. And there's these constant battles when they're building a, a building or a house 
everyone's got this wish list of everything they want. And so they go and they start with, okay, just put down everything you want and we'll get you a price. And when that price comes back and they've got all the top quality things, they're like, oh, that's way too expensive. And so then through the construction process, the engineers who want it to be the top quality and the contractors who want to cut costs and save money are constantly battling and fighting over, okay, well, where are we going to cut costs? And eventually what you turn out with is something that's flashy and looks great, but maybe the bones of it aren't as strong or sturdy as you as it appears on the outside. Not the case with Subaru. Subaru is absolutely, we're going to make this thing as safe as we can and then add some flash to make sure it's pretty as well driving down the road. That's that's how they always looked at it. And it's why we've got such safe cars. It's why all of our cars are always top safety picks across the board is because top safety pick pluses, because that's what they focus on. It's how we're going to make the safest car possible. And then we're going to figure out how to make it look nice. When is a, when is a company like Volvo going to get on board with the uh, R and D and the, and the, how their cars look, man, because and uh, this is just Austin Horton's opinion. Volvo, well known for being a really safe car, but man, they're boring to look at, and they seemed boring to drive. Not so a Subaru. When's Volvo going to get with the program and go? Oh, we can have both. They've had a, they've had a couple ones lately that are pretty fun cars, but I get where you're going on that one yeah. for sure. All right, it's Utah Car Sense presented by Mark Miller Subaru. Eight five five three four zero zone. Open lanes, open freeway, open lines. Eight five five. 340 Zone, looking for your best motivational advice. You got some uh, coming in here from uh, a bunch of people on the old social media. Ben says, there is no secret ingredient, is his most best motivational advice. Jake Scott, with a little sarcasm, can't win, don't try. Jake, come on, man, you're better than that. Jesus, I like this one from Jesus. Control what you can control. Jeff, as a business owner, especially in these times, that one has to ring true to you, man. Control what you can control. Oh, 100% on that one. I mean, I, I could not agree more. Like, there's so much stuff out there in the world with these this virus and everything out there that you can't control. All you can control is your people taking care of them, make sure they're safe, their families are safe. Then they'll try and take care of your customers, make sure they're safe and their families are safe. And hopefully if you do that for the next little bit, we'll get through this. What so and another thing uh, like Dan says you are only held back by the conversations you are unwilling to have. I gotta imagine that uh, there's constant uh, debate and uh, open discussion and dialogue when it comes to making decisions in such an uncertain time. You've got to have five or six different ideas going at once. How do you keep things uh, civil while still and being willing to hear opposing views? Uh, I guess my, my, my question is that what I'm thinking about is like with the Utah Jazz. Dennis Lindsay talks about this all the time. He wants to hire and have people around him that see things differently than he sees them and have opposing viewpoints, and, not, and they're not afraid to bring them up uh, and so that the ultimate goal can be accomplished. Is that something that's harder uh, for new business owners to, to grasp, Jeff? Yeah, I mean, I think so. I mean, it- there's so much stuff goes into owning a business. It's hard to figure it all out anyway. <laughs> right. <laughs> I mean, the hard, the hardest thing, I mean, I feel horrible for anybody who's tried to start a business in the last 12 months to two years. Like, I mean, you're just in that growth stage right now and to try and have to deal with what's going on now without a backbone, without financial backing, without a nest egg, like my heart's out to anybody in that situation. That's just tough. 
Yep, for sure. And coming up, we need to talk about the uh, the small business loans and things and the problems and snags they're running into with that. Uh, we've also got some, of course, Tesla news because Elon Musk never let a good opportunity to talk pass him by. And so we'll hear uh, a little bit about what's going on with Tesla. And uh, an incredible scene straight from the movies in Portland that is real life. And I could not believe when I was reading this. I thought, no, this is this has got to be a prank. No, it turns out it was true up there in Portland, a scene straight out of the movies, except it was real life. That and more as we continue on next on Utah Carsons. Welcome back, Utah Carsons, presented by Mark Miller Subaru. I'm Austin Horton here at the Zone Sports Network Studios, here with Eric Jensen producing for us today. Jeff Miller at his home uh, via the internet, being safe, and uh, we appreciate you all listening and tuning in. You can get us 855-340-ZONE, 855-340-ZONE. Get us there up until noon today. Looking for your best piece of motivational advice, uh, Lawrence Taylor on the, on the old show Waterboy. This is coming in from our friend Britton Johnson. Quote, don't smoke crack, close quote. I think that's pretty, uh, pretty well said there by LT. I don't know about uh, I don't I I think that's great motivational advice. Oh, we still have Jeff. Yep, I'm there here. It is. Okay. Uh, Paris says. Just wondering, you can't see me anymore. So like, <laughs> Trying is having the intention to fail. Scratch that word from your vocab. So you're gonna do it, and you will. Trying is having the intention to fail. Interesting. I, I would say trying leaves the option of failure there, but I also don't think failure is. I think failure, people are so afraid of failing that then they don't try. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Totally. So have some guts. Go out there and try it. All right. I want to share this crazy story with you out of Portland. Uh, acting off of a tip from a uh, self-proclaimed former getaway driver, a diving team recently found nine vehicles dumped in the same spot and the Tualatin River near a boat launch ramp outside of Portland. Jared Lisek of the Adventures with Purpose YouTube channel said they originally went looking for a truck sent into the water by a jilted lover, but the first thing he found was a first-generation Mazda RX-7. Not far away from there was a 1973 Ford Mustang Mach 1, then three trucks and a Chevy sedan that might be a mid-60s Chevelle, the Mazda wasn't too deep, so they were unable. They were able to cable it to a flatbed and just drag it out of the water. The following day, they came back to use lift bags to get the Mustang out and came across two more cars while they were in there. Even though the windows were closed, of course, the Mustang was completely full of mud, and they had to break the glass to dig it out and make sure there wasn't a body inside. Pretty graphic. It was so heavy, they needed to bring in a tow truck to get it onto the ramp, folded its, folding its rotted body in half. In the process. Now, I just they, they said they came back with lift bags. I have never seen or heard of such a thing. They are essentially these, these little packs that the divers go down, they attach them to the front and the back of the car, and they push a button and they explode into big giant airbags filled with so much air and the ability to lift these cars full of mud and everything. Out of the depths of the river, it lifts them right up to the top of the river, Jeff. Do we know how long the car's been there? Well, this uh, the 73 Ford Mustang Mach 1 
what has been missing for, they believe, 40 years. They believe it's been down there for 40 years. Uh, that's the, the 73 Mach 1. The Mazda, they don't think, has been there all too long. Uh, it, it, it looked like they could probably clean it up and restore it in the next month or two. But all the other ones are just rotted and decrepit and rusted away completely. But how about that? How crazy is that that a former self-proclaimed getaway driver just called up and was like, Hey, I'm mad at my ex-girlfriend, so I'm going to tell you about where we ditched this car. <laughs> that, Probably where he ditched all the other cars. And here's all the nine cars. That, how many? I think here's they... A, yeah, all nine. the crimes I committed and the times I ditched these getaway cars. God, and yeah, but how much... I wonder how much evidence they can glean from a car that's been down in this river for so long. Probably not much, if any. Uh, they're not going to probably track this guy down or anything, but I don't know. Maybe. Who, who knows? But it looked like it just came straight from a, a Steven Soderbergh or, or a Guy Ritchie movie. This getaway driver calling in, and here's these nine cars that have been missing for 30 years at the bottom of a river. I'm surprised they didn't find anything in any of them. Now, they're not saying, actually, if they found anything in any of them. They did said that they, they were no bodies found inside any of the cars. So that's obviously the number one priority. But most of these cars, so like they, they, I mentioned the, uh, the, the uh, uh, Mustang that it took so much to pull it out of there that it folded in half. A Chevy yeah. Silverado was also removed, and they identified a Chevy Love, L-U-V. I don't even know what that is. A Datsun pickup. A love? Uh, that's what they say, a Chevy Love, L-U-V. I don't know what that is. A Datsun pickup, of course. What might be a Ford F-Series? What might be? Pickup truck. <laughs> the, the Chevy Love is a little pickup? It stands for light utility vehicle. I'm sure it sold well. Probably not. It looks pretty sweet. <laughs> They're guessing at least a few of the vehicles were dumped there by a chop shop operation. After they're pulled out, the police are notified. They're held in a lot for 30 days, and then they'll be auctioned off, probably for recycling or scrap if they go unclaimed. Lisek said they usually don't find much about them, find out much about each car, but occasionally their history does come to light, which was the case with the Mustang, which friends and family familiar with it said ended up there when an argument over payments couldn't be resolved, and somehow the solution was to toss it into the river. Okay. These are really awesome human beings. <laughs> it's just unbelievable that this is real life. All right. Uh, a couple of Tesla news and notes here for you. Elon Musk is really worried about how the Cybertruck is going to do in the Baja 1000. So he's uh, he went on Twitter. Uh, he said, we're working on increasing dynamic air suspension travel for better off-roading and needs to kick butt in Baja. Someone said, what's the biggest change to the Cybertruck? He said, we reduced the size by about 3%. The center line is more level and lower windowsill height. That's not the problems I have with the Cybertruck, Jeff. I don't know about you. Is it the fact that it looks like it's from a futuristic movie? Yeah, it looks like it's uh, the. It looks like a two-year-old drew it on a piece of paper, and they're like, done. Send that off to the factory to make it. So I'm guessing... I use, I use triangles. <laughs> So I'm guessing Baja is a race because it yes. does. I will give that car one piece of credit. It does look like it might go like have some aerodynamic like speed to it. Yeah, 
I mean, it's got that uh, Pinewood. If you were going to win the Pinewood Derby back in the day, this might be a good a good design for you. But if you're just looking for a truck, this is not your choice. Unless you're like roving around Mars fighting aliens, then you might want to consider. That's my opinion on it, anyway. It's just kind of weird looking. Yeah. Uh, and the shatterable windows, they're, they're the still brakes. shatterable. Yeah. According <laughs> to this really latest funny. update. Uh, and then also Tesla is updating their power wall to improve vehicle charging during blackouts. Uh, this coming from car and driver. Tesla's power wall, essentially a giant battery plugged into the wall, gives homeowners the ability to store power produced either by solar panels or during off-peak times to be later used to power their home or charge their EVs. A new change to the setup addresses concerns that during an outage, it could potentially suck all available power while a car is charging leaving the house itself high and dry, an update to Powerwall has been pushed to make it a bit smarter. My question here, Jeff, is if this could have been done already, why wasn't it just why wasn't it just made that way in the first place? Right? If it's That's a push it's, update, just make it that hype. way in the first place. It's all hype. It says it only works with the Model 3 and Model Y in North America right now. Model S and X are coming soon. Uh, if you're a Tesla and Powerwall owner, the Tesla app can be used to set the threshold of power being transferred from the wall to the vehicle in different scenarios. If everything is fine with the grid, the vehicle charges as it normally would. But if the power goes out, the Powerwall automatically adjusts its output. So this is pretty cool that they can do this, but I just I wonder why they didn't just have us do it in the first place. Doesn't make any sense to me. I would agree. Uh, also, uh, coming out of uh, Autoblog, I want to talk to you about this, Jeff. You're more versed in oil and the cost of oil and, and gasoline and, and these types of business and political decisions. But OPEC and oil nations have agreed to cut nearly 10 million barrels per day. OPEC, Russia, and other oil-producing nations on uh, Sunday, this last Sunday, finalized an unprecedented production cut of nearly 10 million barrels or a tenth of global supply in hopes of boosting crashing prices amid the coronavirus pandemic and a price war, officials said. The cartel and other nations agreed to allow Mexico to cut only 100,000 barrels a month, a sticking point for an accord initially reached Friday after a marathon video conference between 23 nations, including the United States, who stepped up and said, uh, they will make up for the further cuts uh, beyond Mexico's 100,000 barrels a month. My question is, why is this good news for the consumer out there to for the uh, 10 million barrels a month cut? Or per day, it's I not, guess. It's not good news for the consumer. Yeah, It's good news for the businesses and for the oil companies. They say that they'll be able to keep people in their jobs longer at these oil-producing places. The argument would be that the oil companies can keep people employed because oil prices stay high, mm-hmm. right? Because that's obviously their revenue, right? But for gas prices, gas prices are dropping like a rock. And what they're hoping to do is stabilize gas prices and keep gas prices higher. And, uh, you know, I just I just drove right? by a gas station this morning. It's two seventeen a gallon, the, the place by my house. Yeah, I've got Utah. Let's see, I'm on Gas Buddy right now is where we usually get our gas data. Uh, so right now, Salt Lake City average is about two fifteen. Okay. For unleaded, national average is a dollar seventy eight. Jeez, uh, you know, and right now we need gas prices to be that 
that cheap because people have lost their jobs and they need to find ways to cut costs and they have a different budget than they had three weeks ago or a month ago. And so that's good news there that they, they're saving some, some, some coin at the, the gas pump. It's this delicate ba- uh, dance, though, between making sure that you're selling things at a cost that the economy keeps going and doesn't be so expensive that people can no longer afford it. The oil uh, industry is clearly afraid that if this kept, if the prices keep falling like this, they're going to have to cut a lot more jobs. Yeah, totally. When you talk about like, so you think about a state like Texas, right? Yeah. It's so dependent on the oil industry yes. and the price of oil and the price of a barrel of oil. Like right now, gas prices in the state of Texas, Dallas, Texas, today, price per gallon for gas is a dollar thirty nine. Hmm. And when they're used to it being two, three bucks, that's a big hit. That's a lot of money. And it's a lot of jobs. It's a lot of oil field jobs. It's a lot of workers. And so you got to look at it from every angle. But it's an interesting argument. You can argue both sides of it. From a consumer standpoint, the more oil that's out there, the better it is because gas is cheaper. But there's a lot bigger effects to it in the overall. Uh, the the there was a big sticking uh, point here with the the Saudi Arabians uh, King Solomon uh, his son Solomon I should say not Solomon uh, finally agreed to the deal he said I'll go with the consent so I agree with a chuckle drawing a round of applause from those on the video conference call essentially what happened here was uh, Saudi Arabia was holding back on on finding a way to boost some prices here while the U S was fighting to defend their oil fields and oil workers. And they got enough pressure from America and others to finally agree to this uh, barrel per day cut so that they can keep people employed, keep prices where people can afford them, but not see it plummet down uh, to a dollar ten a gallon because that would just, that would be catastrophic to the industry. So, like I said, it's this delicate dance. We want them to be uh, expensive enough that the thing keeps going, but we don't want it to be so expensive where we're at four or five dollars a gallon. Uh, and no one can afford to drive around and, and get where they need to go. It's an interesting still, political dance. Someone to tell me why Utah prices are always forty cents higher than everyone else until it catches up. Amen, man. Why can't we we're get someone to two, answer we're that? We're always two or three weeks behind. I don't. It and it's it's almost like they're like we can, so we will. We can keep them th- at this price. People will still pay it, so we will. It, it makes no sense. We've got refineries all around this valley, and yet it's. We're one of the higher expensive uh, states in the in the union, and it's it's you know to call two eleven expensive is seems crazy. But if the price in Texas is what a dollar fifty nine, you said a dollar thirty four. And they've got obviously more refineries than we do, but we've got refineries. Why aren't we down there? That so anyway, I'm with you, and we never can get someone to call in and and tell us why. It's an open invitation here. <laughs> Open invitation for anyone who wants to let out the secrets of the oil industry. <laughs> Let's get out to the phone lines now. 855-340-ZONE. You can call in and share a question, a comment, a story with us. Your best piece of motivational advice, 855-340-ZONE. Jack is back on the show. Hi, Jack. Uh, how's it going today? Good. Thanks for calling in. So my friend bought a Nissan Cummings diesel pickup, and he loves it. So it it has a separate death tank, diesel exhaust fluid, and then a separate diesel tank. And he filled it up with uh, diesel that had the 
the gas pre-mixed in the diesel fluid, and I totaled the engine in the truck. So it wouldn't be covered under warranty. Estimate was $20,000 of damage, but his insurance covered it. So they had to replace everything from the diesel fuel tank mm. forward, whatever that diesel premix touched uh, when they put the new engine in it. So don't put the premix in a newer diesel if you already have a separate tank for it. Oh, that's brutal. So he's got a, it's, I, I guess I, I need a little education here. He's got a tank for straight diesel and then a tank for the, the additives? I'm confused. Yep. Okay. So on his, it has a one tank for the diesel, normal diesel. Then it's got a separate tank for the diesel exhaust fluid. Ah. Then the system mixes it in the truck, and he accidentally put the diesel uh the exhaust fluid yeah okay yeah i'll tell you i actually had a a good friend of mine did the exact same thing about three months ago really was his price tag about the same as what jack is saying 20 grand same thing twenty thousand dollars. oh my gosh that's that's incredible what's your friend gonna do jack what kind of diesel truck was that insurance covered it oh yeah he said insurance covered it that's good what what kind of diesel truck was that Jeff, do you remember what kind of diesel truck your friend's was? Oh, he had, uh, it was a Dodge, too, if I remember right. Oh, Dodge as well. Huh. Well, this was a Nissan, you said, Jack? Yeah, it was a Nissan pickup with a Cummings Probably the, uh, diesel. So the Titan, yeah, wow. So Thank, don't do that. Nope, don't <laughs> do that. Thanks for the advice. That's a good piece of motivational advice, Jack. Thank you for that. Appreciate <laughs> don't, it, man. Just don't do that. <laughs> Don't put your uh, your diesel exhaust fluid into your diesel tank. Keep them separate. I'm wondering, I'm wondering what kind of sticker they have on the pillar lid. If it says something, don't put premix in, or you know, I'm sure it says don't put gas in or something. But so I was uh, I was with my friend last night putting uh, new shocks on his uh, F350 Super Duty uh, Lariat and. I took a peek into his gas tank area. I flipped the little thing open, and there's a, it's very labeled very clearly. And it's a big green cap. It says diesel, and then next to it is the diesel exhaust fluid that's blue, and it says diesel exhaust fluid. And they're very I, I, to me, it's very clear. One goes here, one goes there, but that also seems to be uh, something that maybe when you buy that vehicle, they should probably make sure you're aware of before you drive off yep. that lot. Yeah, they need uh, customer service reps like you have to go over everything, you know? Yeah, concierge director, yeah, for sure. Okay, thanks. Thanks, Jack. And that's, that. you know, Jeff, let's talk about that for a moment. Because you back in the day when our grandparents would buy a car, it was drive, reverse, park, and neutral. And if you knew those, you could figure your car out just fine. It was so easy, right? Right. Yeah. Nowadays... You, you've got a computer that you're trying to re- – it's, 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 it's akin to buying a new cell phone that you've never worked before, but it also drives down the road and drives a lot of areas. It assists in driving for you, and that's why you guys have the concierge service, so people are well-versed and educated on what their machine is capable of. I mean, it's almost vital these days in most car dealerships is that you have to have some sort of expert, or it's too hard to have salespeople try and take people through these cars. I mean – 
in order to properly deliver a car these days is an hour to two hours, mm. depending on the person. An hour, 45 minutes, an hour minimum to properly understand how that car works. And if you don't have a salesperson who's willing to take that kind of time with a customer without worrying about going to get their next sale, yeah, you're not going to get a proper delivery and you're not going to properly enjoy that car. Which is a testament to why you guys don't work with commission at all. Because that, that's yeah. what would drive the sales guy to be like, all right, see ya, and I'm moving on to the next person. I got to get that totally. commission. And we do it, and we double do it. Not only not in commission, but not having our salespeople deliver the car, it puts it in someone else's hands where there's no time limit. Mm. If, if, a, if a, one of our concierge has to take two hours to deliver a car, they take two hours to deliver a car. In our, in our experience, we, uh, because we came in a little later in the day to buy the car, they were willing to stay as long as it took into the night to teach us the car. We had theater tickets to see my brother perform. And so instead what they did is uh, Josh Goldsmith, uh, or Gathercole rather, uh, came to our house the following Monday or Tuesday and taught us at our house how to use the car. Yeah, and, we, and that happens every day with us. We have someone at someone's house teaching them how to use the car. So obviously you'd prefer they, they it'd be a better experience to learn it there before they leave. But if time isn't that uh, friendly to you, you'll, you'll come find and, them. And we always, it's, we're available whenever. I, we don't care if we do it three or four times. We've had customers we've done three or four deliveries with. Hmm. Make sure We want to make sure they know how the car works. And if they don't, then we'll send someone back out to do it again. 855-340-ZONE is the phone number here, 855-340-ZONE. You can get on uh, like Jack did, give us your motivational advice. Uh, let's see, we've got some coming in for, from uh, some people here on Twitter. Uh, we've got uh, Larry said, if someone tells you that something is impossible, it just means it's impossible for them. It doesn't mean it's impossible for you. I agree, because I've always I've always thought that I could still someday make it in the NBA, Jeff. And just because you tell me that it's impossible for me for me to make it in the NBA, that means it's impossible for you, not me, right? Exactly. There you go. Yeah. So I'm going to bring in some quotes because it's going to be a painful <laughs> night for Jazz fans tonight. Uh, we weren't going to bring this up, man. I know, but you have to. I, <laughs> as much as I hate it, you got to respect Michael Jordan. you got to love Michael Jordan. No, you don't. Yes. You do not. He was a jerk. He is a jerk. Anyway, sorry. Go ahead. But he's the greatest. (laughs) No, he's not. He's the second greatest. You're wrong. (laughs) You're incorrect. But in honor of this show, we're going to bring Wait, you're a LeBron guy. Bring some Michael Jordan quotes in. Okay. Okay, so I've missed more than 9,000 shots in my career. I've lost almost 300 games. 26 times I've been trusted to take the game-winning shot and miss. I've failed over and over again in my life, and that's why I succeed. That's a that's a good little quote that his PR guy typed up. I like that. <laughs> You're such a pessimist. I love it. <laughs> what else? What else you got there, MJ? What else we got in here? Let's see if we can find some. When you're going Tyler into Williams. the Hall of Fame and everyone thinks you're the greatest ever of all time, make sure you uh, don't you have less than six thank yous in your speech. Is that okay? Talent wins games, but teamwork and intelligence wins championships. Hmm. What part of teamwork is punching Steve Kerr out cold in practice? Okay, John Stockton knocked out Bobby Hansen. No, I don't. I don't remember that. That's absolutely true. Well, Bobby had it coming then. I, I don't know. What to... <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
and I, Isaiah Thomas and David Robinson, they had Carl Carl's elbows coming as well. That, that, those were just that's part of the game. Part of the game. Now, are you? I take it you're very excited to see this documentary. I think it'll be cool. See, I uh, here's my. I've got two problems with it. I think that it will tell some truth. I don't think it's going to show the entire ugly back scenes truth about Michael Jordan. And I don't. I wish it included the previous finals. Obviously, they, if they didn't have access, then they couldn't have. But I wish it did show the previous finals when, and we could finally get once and for all the cold hard truth of the flu game and what was going on there. It'd be interesting to see what it is, right? Because we've heard everything from it was a flu to his agent claiming he was food poisoned at the hotel the night before by a pizza delivery guy. To people saying that he uh, went on a bender in Vegas and got back just in time for the game, I don't know. I don't know what. So we, I want the truth there, and it's still he still had an amazing game. So honestly, I don't care. It, like I'm not ready. I'm not going to say, well, he was drunk, so I'm not going to give him the praise. He still had an incredible game. If he was hungover or or, or sick or food poisoned, it was still an incredible performance. I just want to know the truth. It's a good question. <laughs> so. Uh, it's, it's a, it's a 10 part series, but they're playing it in five goes. So like two hours a piece, right? Yeah. I think it starts, starts tonight, right? For the I, next five weeks. For some reason I thought it was tomorrow, but you could be right. It could, it may, it may start today, but I do know that it's unprecedented. What they're going to do is on ESPN, they're playing it unedited, no bleeps, uncensored on, on ESPN. Wow. So if you, if you're the, if you're out there and you don't like the poo poo words, DVR the ESPN two, not the ESPN, because one's bleeped and one's not. Let's see when it's on Sunday. Yeah, start Sunday. Nine p.m. Eastern, so seven o'clock tomorrow night. Uh, we've got a tweet coming in here from a listener who uh, says, "Let's see." Phil says, "I thought it was Bart Kofed who punched out Bobby Hansen." Yeah, Jeff. Oh. I got the name wrong. You Sorry. you take it easy on our guy John Stockton. Does I don't know about Bart Kofed Drive downtown Salt Lake City, but I know there's a John Stockton Drive. I've never seen a Bart Kofed Sonics statue anywhere outside Vivint Smart Home Arena. That was the Sonics, right? Isn't that where he played most of his uh, career? But he was the the <laughs> he was a draft pick by the Jazz in the late '80s. So anyway, I took you for a jazz fan, not a Bulls Michael Jordan fan, Jeff. That's disappointing. To me. I'm nowhere near a Michael uh, Bulls fan, though. I, <laughs> I still respect Michael Jordan. I still respect good players. Would you sit down and watch the 1998 Finals again? It'd be hard. It would, right? <laughs> it would be hard. We were talking it's still about painful. we were talking about this on the big show yesterday. Gordon brought it up and asked the way he phrased it was kind of funny. He said, "Are jazz fans ready?" Or is it too soon? And this is now 22 years ago that this this took place, and it still feels too soon. Like, uh, in fact, on the 20th anniversary, they played the game the game six here in this arena, where you'll see in this documentary when Jordan hit the shot over Brian Russell. And I tried. I sat down and I legitimately tried to watch it, and I made it less than three minutes into the game and went, "Nope, can't do it. Too painful." It's painful. It's hard to watch. It's hard to watch Carl get the ball stolen from him. Uh, <laughs> uh, and that, and uh, after Jordan hit the shot, Stockton had a clean open look from three, and it clanged off the iron. 
that that's more painful to me because uh, the the ball being stolen was like, oh come on, man, what are you doing? Someone's got to yell help. We got to get the guy some help here. He doesn't see him coming. You got to have better ball security. But then Stockton to have a clean open look and net not to go down. It's just not. It's it's cruel, is what it was. So I I've not brought myself to DVR this documentary yet. Uh, I probably should though, because it is going to be a topic on sports radio for a month or so. Because there's yeah, not much else happening. It's going to be a lot of pain. <laughs> All right, we'll take our second break. We'll come back with hour number two here on Utah Car Sense. Got to talk about your car sitting at home while you're working from home or during this hiatus. There's a problem with it just sitting there, and a new television show online about kids driving cars. We'll tell you about it next on Utah Car Sense.